Oh, my, my life's motto is stalls. They're not just for shitting. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. All right, why don't we get started here with some uh, sad news. This is a happy podcast, and and thank you all for joining us again. But uh, we're recording this Saturday morning, and I woke up to the news that uh, Jimmy Buffett had died overnight at age 76. Um, I didn't know that he had been hospitalized in May and apparently in in pretty grave danger. And and a few months after that, last night, he died. And um, it it was a shock to me because Jimmy Buffett's been a huge part of our lives. My wife and I love him. Probably other than Elton John, we've seen him in concert more than anybody else, including this past February at the Hard Rock Live, which was just a couple of months before he apparently was diagnosed with something grave. So um, I, I really I'm, I'm stunned by the news as we as we do this. I'm actually um, a little bit uh, off kilter because this has hit me pretty hard. Do you guys uh, have anything uh, emotionally with Jimmy Buffett? He never caught my fancy, I guess we should say, but I have okay. plenty of friends, uh, you know, who who he did, who just love, love, love Jimmy Buffett. And, um, so, you know, I, I respect, you know, like he never, he also, like I said, every man's musician never rubbed me the wrong way either. Like he, right. you know, I never like, Oh, I hate Jimmy Buffett. Like Buffett tune comes on. Cool. And cheeseburger in paradise. That's fun. You know, like, like yeah. that's undeniable. Um, paradise, like just well, that alone, that little background thing was great. Margaritaville is just like, if you write a song, that's just a vibe. That yeah, you know that this song is associated with a certain act, a certain like when if I'm out on a boat, if I'm at like a a restaurant that's on the water, this is the this is the music that I want playing, and uh, it's it's very impressive. I honestly though, in terms of like his uh, relevance, I know him more as the guy that is at Heat Games, oh yeah, than like <laughs> as like a actual musician. They would that's always true. show him every fourth quarter. There's Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, he waves to the crowd. Yeah, big Heat fan. He uh, is he in your top three, Greg? Would it be like Elton John, Paul McCartney, and Jimmy Buffett, or is he more like five or in the top ten? Yeah, uh, I think we've seen, I think we've seen Elton and and Billy Joel more. But no, as far as your favorites, though, um, he would. I would say he would be in my wife's top three. I mean, she loves loves Jimmy Buffett. Um, a little bit lower with me, but still uh, a lot of respect for the career he made. Uh, I mean, he's a self-made guy, and um, he turned Margaritaville into a bleeping empire. I mean, a hotel chain, a clothing chain, and and good for him. And and it, uh, I think it all began in in Key West, really. Uh, so he's he's a South Floridian. A, a lot of us like to claim him anyway. Now, but- if I if I seem distracted a little bit this morning, I'm not playing a poker tournament. <laughs> it's that we're starting this, and we were recording at 9 a.m. on Saturday, right? And Last week, I was excited for college game day, but they were it was week zero. There weren't a lot of good games. They were in studio, so they weren't at any school. Today's the real start of the college football season. Game day just started for South Carolina, North Carolina, and the crowd's going wild, and I am just in heaven right here. So if I'm looking off throughout this episode and not paying attention, I'm just watching game day. Okay. Christopher is officially done with the Jimmy Buffett Memorial, which is fine. <laughs> I'm not... <clears throat> Greg, I mean, you just want to, uh, Yeti, what did you think of Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> there's, 
Christopher, there's nothing wrong with what he just did. No, I know. I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Thank God, you. It's... Christopher's trying to uh, uh, bury himself uh, here. But um, no, I, I, we weren't parrot heads. We weren't the kind of. Was that a dead joke? Yeah. We weren't kind of. Uh, we weren't parrot heads who would show up for a concert, you know, dressed to the nines and all that ridiculous gear. But uh, but we really loved him. And I want to say one thing about Buffett before we leave. Everybody thinks about. His early songs, Margaritaville and Come Monday and the 70s songs into the early 80s. But he was still making great music uh, in in beyond the 2000s. Uh, he had a great song. Uh, I forget exactly when, but it'll 2010 or something called Bama Breeze. And go listen to that because that's Jimmy Buffett probably at, at age 70 um, still doing his thing. So R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett, mad respect and um and now, Christopher, to your point, mad respect. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I slept in the dirty Jimmy base. <laughs> I admire Jimmy Buffett. I really did. Yeah, but it was just an odd thing. I didn't wasn't. I didn't mad have you respect, saying mad respect. Is that an odd thing? I don't know. It's, it did sound funny. It's the hippest thing you've like ever said. <laughs> I never know what to say. You know, I, I am. I, is what I'm saying too modern. You know, I'm. You know, I I grew up saying gro- groovy. I'm, you know, I'm, I got it, you, it reminds like, me of that that scene on The Office when Daryl teaches Michael hood phrases. And Dink and Flicka. Yeah, you're like <laughs> pounding your chest. You're like mad respect to Jimmy Buffett. Okay, oh, mad yeah. respect. That's right. I got mad respect and glad respect because uh, I remember him fondly, to say the least, and and always will. He lives on for sure. Um, Should we get mom to you come in here? Should we get mom you to come in here and say some things? Why? I thought we were going around the room sharing our thoughts on Jimmy Buffett. Oh, okay. Well, your mother would be one. Uh, she broke the news to me this morning, and uh, she was very emotional about it. it. It hit her very hard, but she's at work right now uh, making money. Um, yeah. She works like seven days a week, this woman. So I'm annoying. Telling you. <laughs> she's like the boss, and she's the only one working on Saturday. Like, enjoy your weekend, lady. Jesus. Okay. All right. You can talk to her about that later. You mentioned college game day. There's another channel, not ESPN. Somebody else is focusing on on the Colorado game because of uh, Deion Sanders, who I refuse to refer to as Coach Prime. He's Deion Sanders. He's the most overhyped college coach in the country right now. Why is it overhyped? Col- because Colorado, they were 1-11 last year. He takes over the team, changes the whole roster, and now because he's a self-promoter, Coach Prime, everybody thinks they're instantly going to be great. They're going to get their ass kicked this season. And and it, it, it's like ridiculous. They're ranked like in the 80s. Like they are so far from the top 25. You, you need binoculars to see them. Well, I don't think anyone's claiming that they're going to be a top 25 team. People are just claiming that he can arrive and get them to respectable. If they go six and seven, that's a huge good first season for him. I can't wait for them to win 11 and me play this back for Greg. At oh, yeah, that's season. what I mean. Like, it's, <laughs> okay, I don't know, I'm with my dad, though. They do have a tough schedule. Oh, yeah. Like, because of the hype, I find myself rooting against him in much wow. the same in much the same way that unless you're a Jets fan, you sort of want Aaron Rodgers to fail because of all the hype in him going from Green Bay to New York. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, when when there's too much attention uh for too little reason my human nature is to go wow that it'd be it'd be fun to watch him fail i know that's not a a, a positive trait by me but i'm just looking for Dion sanders coach prime to fall flat on his face frankly because the hype is such that people just expect colorado to instantly be great and and all the media is buying the hype including fox i think it is that has him as their 
Um, game, game day, game day just, type. Game day hit them, hit that game in the first segment. It's funny as you were railing against it, right? They were hyping up Colorado, exactly. And and speaking of hype, before we get off college football, I was at the University of Miami game uh, last night against Miami of Ohio. Yeti, what were your thoughts on that game? Oh, I, he doesn't have any opinion on that. Okay. I thought he might have an opinion on Jimmy Buffett. Zagaki. Because he's a musician. But um, UM won 38 to 3. Uh, as expected, Miami of Ohio sucks. Um, but <laughs> look, they were calling it the confu- they were calling it the confusion bowl. Oh, nobody was. The confusion is- bowl. Yeah, yeah here, here's the confusion. Here's the confusing part. One of the two programs has won five national championships, but I keep I keep mixing up which one. Is it the Hurricanes or is it the Red Hawk? There's no confusion here. There's only one Miami when it comes to football. They have the same name. You have the same name, please. Come on. <laughs> Uh, you know, they're 3,000 miles apart. They have different nicknames. They're in different conferences. How can there possibly be confusion? One is a, b- a bona fide pedigreed program, and the other's claim to fame is that Ben Roethlisberger went there 100 years ago, please, <laughs> with the confusion bowl. But the point I wow. wanted to make is this. Um, what I wrote is the, the season begins for Miami next week against Texas A&M. You know, beating Miami of Ohio means zero. It means less than zero. Last year, they had a five and seven season. They took a shit and they began the season with like a 70 to 10 win over Bethune Cookman, which is last yeah. year's version of Miami of Ohio. I would say, though, that I was in, in the lead up to it. Like, you know, I'm gambling again, like looking up what people thought of this game. A lot of people were skeptical of Miami and were taking the points with right. Miami of Ohio. So it was a good it was just a good first game in terms of they covered. They beat the team they're supposed to right. beat the way they're supposed to beat them. Miami True. has had way too many games in these, you know, last 20 years where it's like, oh, Miami versus Miami of Ohio. This is a clear advantage. And then it's 24-20 in the fourth right. quarter. So, yeah. like, yes, I hear you on doing your thing of we're way better. It's not even close. Way better program. But they got to go out there and beat these teams because they haven't they haven't earned the right to get credit. For these no, teams. I mean, you're right. And, see them and destroy these type of teams before we can just give them that credit. And and that's what I wrote in my column. I listed five instances of awful losses within the past five years, including to FIU, to Louisiana Tech, to Middle Tennessee. I mean, Miami's had a lot of embarrassing losses. They since. rarely come the first game of the year, though. The first game of the year, everyone usually gets up for. That's true. That's true. But uh, and by the way, the crowd, I always make fun of UM football crowds. They had a legit 40, almost 50,000 last night, despite terrible weather, a low watt opponent opening night. Uh, so I thought it was a, a, a pretty um, the Marlins draw, beginning. the Marlins draw on opening day. I mean, come on, let's let's not we, the opening okay. day. Everyone's excited. Like, yeah, let's, the, and, OK, fact check. The Marlins did not sell out on opening day. Dad, um, I was at Marlins opening day and it was in you couldn't go to the concession stand because they were it was they were not staffed. For the crowd, I don't care about sellout or not. I'm just oh, you saying. Don't. Okay. On right. Marlins opening day, it was packed in there. They were as staffed if, for September, but it was they April. were the yeah. Mar- yeah. the Marlins don't step up there uh, when they anti- like they happened to them for the Yankees series where they broke some record. They had a bunch of people right. in town. They don't like the Marlins aren't the people that are like oh we're expecting a lot of people. Let's have more staff this weekend. Right. They're just like we have our staff. The people can deal with it. 
Right. And, and then the second game of the season, they do the usual 11,880. That's what I mean. It, it, most of the time, it's, it, I understand why they're staffed that way. But opening day, the Yankees series, they need to like add more contract workers because, you know, it's right. Um, we, we, in our exciting episode later, uh, we, we have the debut, the season debut of Hard Knocks Greg's Lobos, which is really exciting. Uh, we also have um, a first person report. From uh, Lionel Messi visiting my Korean steakhouse, Cody Korean Steakhouse in Miami. Uh, but first, uh, we, Christopher, we get you to have that? to tell me. I, I, I'm really excited about the Messi thing. I kind of want to get to that. You want to get to that now? Yeah, I want to get to that right now. And I want. I think you know, if people don't know, we've never been here. I get tweeted it multiple times a week. There's this restaurant. What's it called? Is it just called Cody? Yeah, Cody C O T E Korean Steakhouse. So it's, it's a Michelin star restaurant in Miami. It's like really upscale, tough to get a reservation. And us being Cody's, we have a special relationship with this restaurant. And, sure. you know, we heard Messi was going there and we wanted to just give him the full Cody steakhouse experience. And they pulled out and they pulled out all the all the stops. Lionel, welcome to Cody Korean Steakhouse. We're so honored to have you. You too, Sergio, Jordi, Jorge Mas, the creator, the king. We're happy to have you all here. Honored for you to be at our steakhouse. Lilo, we have never met. I uh, could not make it to your introductory press conference. I'm Greg Cody. Uh, you may have wondered the Cody Steakhouse is named after whom, and, and you're looking at him right now. So I want to personally honor you by welcoming you to this restaurant. What a meal, what an experience you're in for. Mr. Cody, thank you for having us. What a pleasure to finally be in the presence of the man, the myth, the lobo. Your restaurant is quite exquisite. It's no Nelly's Diner, but I'm sure we'll find it enjoyable. May I offer the table a round of Miller Lite? Miller Lite? If I've learned anything from you, those are most enjoyed in a garage, so maybe another time. No? Waiter. Cariño. I thought you were the waiter. I am the waiter. Sorry. Send the sommelier over, please. Pierre, I want you to bring two bottles of Dom Perignon Lentitude to the table for the messy party, please. On me, on the house. Thank you very much. Lionel, we have taken the liberty of ordering something for the table. Uh, it's our Grand Plateau. A dozen East and West Coast oysters, Maine lobster, Gulf shrimp, Cody ceviche, as well as Regis Ovacaluga caviar. We trust that this will be a dish that is up to your World Cup winning standards. Mr. Cody, you can take all that back, Jack. What I really want is to fill my gaping maw with a huge American cheeseburger. And you know it. A cheeseburger? Uh, Lionel, that, that is shocking. Uh, Cody Korean does not have cheeseburgers on the menu, but we're going to see what we can do about that. I believe there's a McDonald's next door. Hello. That kind of thing. Mr. Moss... Lionel and party, we have been so honored to have you at Cody Korean Steakhouse in Miami, a Michelin star restaurant enhanced further by your appearance tonight. Unfortunately, we're going to have to bid you adieu. We're going to have to hasten your departure just a little bit 
because we have a TikTok influencer who has this table at this time. So we would ask you to leave now, Mr. Messi. We appreciate your patronage and your patronage and patronage. I wonder if we're getting moved for Uncle Dick. I was really hoping, Dad, that Messi would have treated you the way that you treat servers sometime. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's a fan, though. I mean, like, he, just, he was a little starstruck. Yeah. And my dad, of course, gave him the first class service that my dad sometimes doesn't get. Of course I did. Because you treat others like you want to be treated, right, Greg? Yeah. Oh, always. Always. And and by the way, at the table with Lionel were uh, uh, the, the, uh, Jorge Mas, the owner of the club, along with his his great teammate Sergio Busquets and Jordi I mean, Alba. So I know. We heard that in the clip. Yeah. So with a foursome like that, you knew you were going to get a big tip. I mean, I was working. I was going to get a week's paycheck with that tip, and I knew it. What and, was uh, it? What was the tip? Well, I can't, you know, that's a that's a private matter. I love how you're the owner of the restaurant in this scenario, but you also get a weekly check from waiter. Well, you know, the owner pays himself. The owner pays himself, right? You know, I mean, you're not the owner. You were brought in because your last name's Cody to be a special night server. Like, I know. We, Yeah, I keep getting confused by this bit. So um, many holes in the story, Greg. I'm starting to think you don't, that you've never been to this restaurant. You simply <laughs> don't own the restaurant. It's true. Truth be known, I've been trying to get a, a reservation there for months but we don't have to we we can edit all that out anyway christopher before we get to hard knocks greg's lobos do we do we need to take a break here or what are we doing well now we do chris has to pee yeah i gotta pee yeah for the third episode in a row all right go tinkle (laughs) tinkle you never heard of that i mean if you sprinkle when you tinkle please be neat and wipe the seat there you go Look at you, the cool stare, the confident air, the Whittingham hair, and all because you dared to dream big. That's right, you put a Lobo's Mint under your pillow, and the magic ensued, Daddy-O. How can I tell? He'll tell you. The way you own the room in a way that can't be bought. You walked in like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hair strategically dipped below one eye. Your ascot was apricot. Wait. What? What? That's right. The Lobo's Mint has raised the station of many a man and elevated the elegance of women across the land. And all they had to do was put a Lobo's Mint under their pillow and dream. Note, Zuma reports found Lobo's Mints were more effective against halitosis when ingested rather than left under a pillow. Lobo's Mints do not guarantee success in fantasy football or a top 10 ranking among national sports columnists, and Lobo's Mints are not a drug or aphrodisiac. They'll freshen your breath, your smile, your very outlook on life. It's your first taste of a dream come true. Lobo's Mints. That's a whole controversy right now with our new studio the toilet seats because like that's our old studio our old studio had women's and a men's bathroom this one is just two individuals which i love why because i have a mild case of shy bladder syndrome like if i'm at a urinal right next to another guy sometimes i'll tighten up and uh but if a lady's right there you're good to go well no Exactly. For ladies at the urinal right beside you. <laughs> Do you have any like stories that stand out of like the times where it was the hardest for you to pee? 
Um, was it at well, those troughs, like at the old uh, orange oh my bowl, God. where there's no wall? Oh, I hated those. Where everyone just sees everyone's wiener. Like, yeah, they're like no... cattle. Yeah, they're like cattle. There was one of those at the old Cleveland Brown Stadium, I remember, back when I used to travel a lot. It was just awful. It's demeaning to, to pee into a trough with a bunch of other human dongs. It's just demeaning. <laughs> well, demeaning, demeaning if you're like... if you're not confident. Well, exactly. But the point is, getting back to the new Levitard Studios. No, I want to stay is, here. I, I love stay. the individual. You, you are a stall guy. Like at a public, yes. like stadium restroom. Like I'll always be going to like the like the the urinals, and you're right. the guy. You're one of those. I'll wait behind two people for these these stalls. Oh, my my life's motto is stalls. They're not just for shitting. I mean, <laughs> I I go into a stall to piss. <laughs> there's, I, there's our cold open. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my wife, my wife is really mean because she knows about my shy bladder, and I'll be in our own house. We have a you know a little separate room for the toilet. It's called the bathroom. It's called the bathroom. We 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 have a bathroom, and then we have the toilet closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I get what you're area. saying. I've seen and, that. Uh, and and I'll be trying to go, and she'll walk in and go, "Hey." <laughs> you have trouble at home around your family no but like if i get distracted by someone yelling hey yeah that's <laughs> <then> funny yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay i piss in front of my wife all the time and i'm not even in the bathroom well but seriously um that's, that's what quite, a great way to lead into our sponsor that's quite an admission yeah <laughs> sheets and giggles don't pee in the bed pee on your wife when she's not in the bed Whoa! No, not on my wife, in minute. front of my wife. I mean, that's what you just said. You go, I pee in my wife all the time. No, the I said, bathroom. no, I didn't. Sheetsgiggles.com slash Greg, guys. Go there this week and continue to support them because they're doing good things. They have everything you need. It's not just the sheets. It's not just the pillows. It's not just the mattress. It's, well, I guess that might be all everything. It's the sheets. It's the mattress. <laughs> it's the pillow. It is everything you need. It will change your life. It will change your sleeping life. My wife was just telling me before we recorded how she was like waking up in the middle from in the morning and feeling the coolness in her bed. Wow. She wakes up after eight hours of sleep and her bed is not warm. It is still cool from these sheets. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Their ability to stay cool. You know how you get up and you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you get back into that warm bed? Not with sheets and giggles. It is instantly cool. It is such a delightful, comforting, cool feeling that i just want to i just want to go get the sheets right now and sit at this table with them wrapped around me because they're so yeah. gosh damn delightful sheetsgiggles.com slash greg promo code laid off laid off l-a-i-d-o-f-f for 20 percent off the entire website go 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 you can save so much money off a mattress right now now is the time to buy your niece a mattress Right. Most of you are listening to this on Monday, September 4th, on Labor Day, hence the promo code laid off. And and until Tuesday, September 5th, you still have up to 50% off of uh, on 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 everything up to 50% off using the promo code laid off you get an extra 20%. Yes. That's massive. This is the biggest thing they'll have until uh Black Friday in November. This is the biggest the best deals you're going to get for another few months. Get your orders in before Tuesday. Tuesday. That's correct. And and by the way, listen to us on Labor Day because this is not a laborious listen. It's quick, it's fun. You know, while you're flipping your your flapjacks or your burgers, um, uh, give us a listen on the holiday as well. That kind of thing. Christopher, before we continue into... I just looked over at College Game Day. Oh, they, have, they have Stamford Steve replacing the bear. You know how the bear was like, always made his picks. He was like the producer. They, Dad, you don't ever watch Game Day. I don't Way know to go talking. for Stanford Steve. I'm talking to everybody that watches College Game Day. They yeah. would always go to yeah. the bear. And I love following the bear's picks. 
And now they Bear took a job at FS1, got his payday. So he's no longer with Game Day. They're replacing him with Stanford Steve. Shocker. Wow. Very upset. How does, how does Stanford Steve feel about moving to the ACC, I wonder? That's a big move for him. I, they, they haven't had an SVP pod, an SV pod for me to, to hear about it yet, but I'm yeah, sure we know. will next week. They're back from vacation. So. Yeah. Um, Dad, we I, just ignored I, your terrible joke. We just kept it moving. What was Stanford. my joke? I don't even know. They're like Stanford Steve ACC. Like, oh yeah, get it. they're yeah. going to the ACC. No, it was a legitimate question. Stanford yeah. Steve yeah. classically played in the Rose Bowl for Stanford. He's like a hecky. And Look at this guy. Uh, SVP pod knowledge, very knowledgeable. Look, I've been. I listened to Van Pelt before. I ever, he helped me get into the Levitard show. Wow. So if it wasn't it for SVP, side. this would never. Right here. This. This is what we're doing right now. For SVP and da- my friend Daniel Cardwell. Correct. This would not be happening. Wow. DC. Shouts to Daniel. A little uh, point of history there. Um, what do you think about the SVP pod? I, I don't listen to it. <laughs> I like Ben Pelt. Like, I like him. I like the guy. I like his persona on SportsCenter. Um, so the way you feel about SVP is how we feel about Jimmy Buffett. Like, we just were aware <laughs> of him. We have a nice, healthy respect. Not no no ne- okay. nothing negative to say, but he just yes, it was he exists. Okay, you know perhaps I shouldn't say what I'm about to say, but to compare Jimmy Buffett and Scott Van Pelt is a little bit lopsided. I mean, one's career in music is so legendary compared to the other's career in broadcasting, and that's not a criticism of Scott Van Pelt. I, I disagree. I don't want to be the guy that Van Pelt's ex- a heavy hitter, man. I don't want to go after Jimmy Buffett on this day where he passed. But I think that they are very comparable. If we're ranking all-time musical acts and all-time Sports Center hosts, I actually think okay. they're very comparable because SVP wow. is not in the top three or four or five, but he might be in the, he's definitely in the top 10. No one thinks Jimmy Buffett is a top five all-time musical act. While you might get him in that next group of people behind right. like, the, like the Michael Jacksons, the Elton Johns, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The Beatles, okay. the Rolling Stones. Let's compare it the way that the kids compare it these days. Jimmy Buffett, 574,000 Twitter followers. Scott Van Pelt, 2 million. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, whatever. what about Instagram? I'm not looking that up. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I, here's, here's a number. Here's another number for you. Let's see Scott Van Pelt's one man show fill a 20,000 seat arena, and then we can have a conversation. He maybe could, depending on the city. Um, for the third time, I'm going to try to say before we get to Hard Knocks, Greg's Lobos, which I am truly looking forward to. Three hundred ninety-six thousand followers for Jimmy Buffett on Instagram. Let me Why see. do you who they f cares about <laughs> social media numbers? Because that's what that's Are relevance. You serious relevance? It's irrelevant. And then oh, okay, Scott Van Pelt. Oh, this is not the real Scott Van Pelt. This is, this is... Jimmy Buffett is seventy-six years old. You think his followers are on TikTok? <laughs> I mean, it, it's absurd. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, all right. On a brighter note. For the fourth uh, time, Greg, before we get to hard knocks. Christopher, I want you to tell me about opening night of the bowling league. I was not there, not because of my hamstring injury, but because I was at a little Messi inner Miami game. Which no, I had but you to wouldn't have been there if Messi wasn't playing. You would not I have bowled. Uh, no, I would have been there cheering you on, not oh, competing. Okay. Right. Okay, tell me how it went. We bowled, and I bowled well, and the rest of our team did fine. Uh, Al did well, right? Al did about. I think. I think Al Sheen. <clears throat> no, my father-in-law Al. Um, I believe he. No, he did about what he expected. Maybe a little less. Maybe okay. I think he fell off a little towards the end. But and Michael. Michael bowled fine. 
My other friend Anthony struggled, but he said a really his average is set really low. So now if he starts to improve, he's going to get a ton of pins. So okay, and who else bowled on the team? Who was the fifth? Um, Alex Benson. What happened to what's his name from the office? I feel like this is more a phone call that we could have than interesting for a podcast. No, I'm I'm interested because I didn't hear anything. No, I know you're interested. I get that. I know you're interested because you know all these people I'm saying right now. People bowl. People know people who listen to our show know Michael. They know Alex. I'm trying to bring people in because we're going to talk about this bowling league a, a fair amount because I am interested in it and it's my show. And and another reason I'm asking you on the air is that I talked to Michael the other day and I'm like, who did our team win? And he's like, he had no idea. He's like of the of the impression <laughs> that this is a league where you don't even name a winner after bowling. Yeah, it's progressive. It's not head to head. It's one. It's one of those things. It's like a fantasy league that is rotisserie instead of head to head. It is. Uh-huh. Explain just, that to me. You're just basically competing with the rest of the league every week. It's kind of like the team that bowled. There's 32 teams in the league. The team that bowls the best gets 32 points. The team that bowls the worst gets one point towards their standings. Based on handicap. Every every week, based off handicap, every week you're competing against all 32 teams, and wherever you rank in the 32 teams, you get that amount of points for that week. Okay. The moral of the story with our first week of bowling is that I bowled out of my ass. I set an average that's way too low. I bowled, I averaged 200. Now that's a visual. (laughs) I was literally bowling out my ass. And I bowled a 600 series. I bowled a 231, 192, 177. And so now my I am going to have a really low average. I mean, a low a low handicap. handicap. And, and I need okay. to now, yeah, a ball flying out my ass. I'm picturing the mooning scene from, from Braveheart and just, just bowling balls. Yeah. I need to bring it all, all year or else I'm going to be the one hurting our team. Yeah, you picked a bad night to be really good. Uh, I would have thought you would have tanked. Yeah, but I just like I'm our anchor, and I just like felt like somebody needed to be good on our team because if Ooh, I wasn't the good, anchor, huh? Where's Greg Cody going to be slotted in when he's healthy enough to bowl in the week's dad? I'm not going to lie, it didn't look great your your practice rounds. Okay, we're a little worried about the Greg Cody experience when it comes to bowling. <laughs> it's a handicap league. If I bowl, if I average 98, it, it's it's still okay, right? Right, but dad, but you can't even finish a three games without pulling a hammy. No, I, was that, you, I do not understand handicaps at all. Like we don't need to explain it here, but yeah. like it's just all about lying about how good we are. That's no. from from golf to bowling. It's <laughs> no. just like let 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 us all be even. No, if you can't golf, you can't golf. I'm about to go golfing for the first time in 21 years here in a couple of weeks. Oh my! And uh, that'll be ugly. If if I if I shoot a 500, <laughs> I want it to be real. <laughs> they basically want everybody to get to 230 pins. So if you average 100 pins, you're going to be given 130 handicap. Ugh. No, not, not. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to just explain. No, it no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't understand the purpose. Because just they want be everyone good or be to be bad. But that's the real. point. Because then yeah, any people that are really bad couldn't compete in these leagues because they're not good. Whereas with a handicap, you can bowl your 100 and you get 130 pins. And now you're the same as the guy that bowled 230. Yeah, I don't like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> look. If I if I have something that doesn't get votes in the Sueys, I want it to not get votes in the Sueys. If I have something that does get votes in the Sueys, I want it to get the votes in the Sueys. I don't need a grade on a curve. It would just make it a really not fun for a great percentage of the league. Trust me as someone who has not has had stuff that didn't get a lot of votes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. not fun. I, but- I hear what you're saying. I hear where you're at. Okay. I, I want to continue down this path. 
because the Levitard show, the Sui, it's Sui award season and there's nominees that have happened and more to come. And uh, Yeti has a few songs in the in the best music category and 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 could very well win. I don't want to jinx it, but he, he he's looking pretty good right now. Yeti, I want to ask you, I don't know if obsession is too strong a word, but you're very interested in the results of the Sui Awards every year. Why? I could hear his anxiety through the texts this week. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am curious why it means that much to you. Before I get into that, I, I, I want to say thank you to everyone who has voted uh, for We're All Gonna Die or Morning Man or anything that I've done. I really appreciate it. Or anyone who's gone to yetiblanc.com and checked out anything I've done. Like, it's it's nice. It's really cool. Thank you so much for your support. But um, as far as why it means that much to me, I haven't pinned down exactly why. I'm in my head all the time. I'm always psychoanalyzing myself and, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, why I think about things a certain way. Why I approach things. Why some things bother me. Why some things do not. And and I, I, I it's weird. I find entertainment in that. And I have not dove in to find out why I find that entertaining. But. Um, when it comes to the Sueys, I have found that that's a really exposed nerve. Um, there are so many things that I can let roll off my back. I've had people completely insult me and I, I didn't figure out they're insulting me for like a week later when I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, because like, there's just so much that I don't care about. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can, but, but the Sueys are, are I've, I've discovered over the last, this is the fourth, it's been three years ago, 2020, but this is the fourth Sueys that, that I've had things in the running. Um, and it's a very exposed nerve for me. And I don't know why yet. I haven't quite figured it out. I have a theory, and I think it's pretty obvious, is that your biggest passion is music. Like, this is really... And the Levitard show. And this marries the two. Yeah, okay. But but just in general, without even the Levitard show, knowing you as well as I do, like, I, you're a music guy. Like, yes, you have a job, but, like, you're a musician. Like, that is what, at your heart, right? I mean, am I wrong on that? Like. I think of like you're just such a good, talented musician that this is just like it's something that you should win. Well, like, it's, based it's, off of, like, it's a weird place to be. The, the, the first Sueys that I ever had anything in for, I was almost 40 years old. It's a weird time to start becoming to, you know, to get your first attention as a musician. Is that 40? Um, not unheard of, but it's but it's an odd time, um, especially been working office jobs forever. And now all of a sudden, dude's going to try to do music. What? You know, but it's just but, your real passion. That's what I've right. always got from you. It's just like you have a real passion for music. And but so for, that, yeah. for most people, if you were to just ask them without thinking about it, what should make someone more nervous being, uh, you know, putting a song out there and having people vote on it or playing in front of a crowd of about 2000 people at you know, like Moss, Miami? Um, what should make you more nervous playing in front of the people? No nerves at all. That's excitement. I've, I've no anxiety about how it's going to go because we were prepared. Um, voting and, is more like an opinion though. Like, like right. I feel like when and you're I, performing live, where, everyone's kind of just going to bob their head along. Whereas yeah. like a voting is like, I am picking what I think is good and the best here. Right. And, and, and I think for the Sueys, it's, Especially uh, most of that, most of the communication on that that I see is all through social media. The links to vote are sent out through social media um, and people will be vocal about what they like and they don't like. And they are completely entitled to that, you know, and like and I know that and I try to be a good sport about it. And but inside on my insides, I'm dying like because <laughs> like it, it's when when I have people who give me positive affirmation about something that I've put out there. Um, whether it's the fine song back in 2020 or any of those number of those parodies that we did, 
two original songs. You know, the next year I introduced Pirate Radio Anthem. And then I introduced last year Pebble Drive, something that like I've gone on record saying, I don't know if I'll ever write anything as good of that. And if right. so, man, I'll die happy. Like I'm I that song, I'm very, very proud of that song. To this year, Morning Man. And uh, but like I've put real effort i put i mean i invested money to have these produced by someone yeah. who actually knows what they're doing and i've invested you know real heart and soul in writing these things that's the part and, that i find i feel bad for you for because i feel like the the goofy funny stuff sometimes gets more votes and than that's okay a song that has been originally created and didn't like you know what i mean so like yeah like i go into this knowing that that might be the case and you need to not let the voting affect like what you do with these original songs is as impressive as what anybody else is doing. I, I'm comfortable yeah. with that too. It, but it's but it but I think I think the problem is that I'm more bothered with the fact that it even affects me. That right. that annoys the crap out of me because <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. Right. But man, I really want to win one. Yeah. And you want to change. You want to change that Twitter bio to. 12-time nominee, one-time winner. Suey winner. Right, right. Because I want to be able to go to my, my day job and say, like, I'm a Suey award winner now. <laughs> Today's price is not yesterday's price. <laughs> and they're going to be like, what? No, but it bothers me that it bothers me so, so much. Yeah, yeah. I think you can relax because the voting ends today anyways for the nominees from last week. We got to close the voting at some point. So stop it today on Saturday. Hold on a second. Well, where'd Chris go? Oh, someone's at the red door. Uh-oh. Behind the red door. Isn't that a porn movie? Oh, that's Green Door, I think. <laughs> no, I think I don't know. I, back in the day there was a uh, I think there was a a porn film named Behind the Green Door. I just I, I just I'm asking for a friend. Uh, I think that was a porn title of a porn film back in the seventies. I porn? could be wrong. Behind the Green Door. All right, look it up on your own time, people. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Or on your child's computer. All right, check it out, because I could be totally wrong. Or Behind the green that door. Or your child might use. Oh, gosh, Greg. Anyway, what I was saying was... I know. I didn't mean to uh, derail the Suey talk there. Wow. 1972, Behind the Green Door, pornographic hardcore. Hello. Starring, <laughs> starring Marilyn Chambers, Jim Mitchell. It got $50 million at the box office. It was a big hit. I never saw it. <laughs> I swear on my life, I never saw it, but I have heard of it. Oh, like, gosh. A beautiful, here's the synopsis. A beautiful woman is abducted and, in, and initiated into a live sex act on a private stage, participating in lesbianism, interracial sex, and a public orgy. Oh, for the love of God. That's right, like I said, you were saying. Like, I know my personality enough that if I am able to take home the suey for we're all going to die, it would be great. But I know I'll be, I'll be able to calm down. Well, well. The Greg Cody Show hopes you you take home that uh, that long awaited uh, first Suey Award. Y you deserve it. But no, but but I, I need to get I need to get after Chris on this for a second. Like we're all gonna die. That's a joint thing. They didn't give the credit, and you didn't even do it on Morning Man. You cut Greg Cody out. That was a vote for Greg Cody too. But but we're all gonna die. That is a Dan Labatard concept with word concept by Chris yep. with. Yeah, Final but, word no, concept and melody by me. I was just going to say, though, the reason that that show is a winner, I mean, that song is a winner, not a winner, but just like in the hunt and funny is because of the die. 
And that was all you. <laughs> Dude, I you wrote... sent me, you picked the perfect song because within three seconds of me hearing, I was like, this is the one. Yeah. And I heard die immediately. I picked right. the, I picked the music, Mel. I picked the music because we didn't want Yeti to always have to create original music. So we <laughs> sent him a, a track and I picked the, the, the verse. I like kind of wrote the verse. Yeah. But... You, you said we, we want to say something about, about finding out how we're going to die. Yeah. And then, and then and then everything yeah everything else but the, and, but the, and, part and the that's audience funny. doesn't know this yet i've now and you don't even know this i've got two more versions of it there are eight calamities yes. that i've detailed so far and there will be more as they hit me yeah yeah <laughs> i've but, got uh, two more to send you the die part die is all <laughs> that great and that's that's what makes that song funny so right oh. well likewise the the ending of morning man is so catchy it's a kind of you know it's the kind of thing that once you hear it you're you feel yourself humming it the rest of the day. It's it's oh, crazy. Greg, Greg, thank you for the way you promoted that on Tuesday. That was perfect. Yeah. And it's been, it's gotten a lot of traction throughout the week. A lot of comments. Uh, I mean, even Juju used it for the we're live tweet that he sends out to let everybody know right. that the show's live and ready to go. Like he used that like on Thursday or something like it. So it lasted throughout the week. Dude, that is going to live on it. There's rare things that are going to just like live on with the show. Like, it became a rejoin. That was it, awesome. On the yeah. last day of our, of the Lebetard show, there will be a, and you know it, baby, baby and you know, it. that'd be a like, great way to end is, the show's run. <laughs> like that is going to stick with the show forever yeah but will will everyone hopefully in like you know no less than 20 more years no less than 25 more years when we're <laughs> lowering lowering greg cody down maybe we mentioned this when we first played the song but yeah will everyone be and you know yeah i love dan trying to harmonize to it that was that was wonderful yeah. That's true. He, yeah, it was like his, his frightened chicken, his frightened fraud, his Kentucky fraud chicken. That's hey, one of my no. favorite things is when Dan wants to get in with us, like singing or doing fakes, like, right. and then Dan's like, you can always see his like fear of being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it takes a lot for him. Yeah, I know he doesn't, he doesn't do that often. All right, we're having too much fun here, so let's bring it down with dad jokes, shall we? Okay. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Why'd you say his name so weird? Peter Pan. <laughs> Why is Peter, Peter Pan always flying? Because he's because he's never lands. Correct. Oh yeah, he there never lands. Yeah. That's correct. Congrats, kid. Uh, what <laughs> port? Finally proud of you. What port do you have to use to travel, but can never dock a boat in? What port? What port do you have to use to travel, but can never dock a boat in? I mean, is this like an? Is this just a literal answer? The airport? Is that your answer? Sure. It's not right, but it <laughs> it, it is an answer you just it's gave. Literally, me. it's correct to what you're asking. No. What if you drive, Dad? What did read the question again? What port do you have to use to travel, but can never dock a boat in? Can you ever dock a boat at an airport? That's the wrong answer. Yeti, okay. anything? I have nothing. A passport. Ah. Uh... Not funny, but I yeah, get it. It's just dumb. What sits at the bottom of the ocean and shakes? She sells seashells by the seashore. A nervous wreck. Ah, I like that one. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Right. I mean, I'm not, not laughing, good. but I like yeah. it. It's all right. Who's up for three facts, Jack, before we get to uh, the season debut of uh, Hard Knocks, Greg's Lobos? Go Anybody ahead. up for three facts, Jack? So excited. There are three things <laughs> that interest him, so sit right back for three facts, Jack. Number no three. three. So no three facts Morgan anymore. That's it. Just that's right. That ran its course. Number three. The term <laughs> devil's advocate originated in Catholicism in 1587 when Pope 
Sitkus V created a role in the church called Advocatus Diabolic, or Devil's Advocate, as part of the process of canonization. The Devil's Advocate was the church's skeptic tasked with picking apart reported miracles or in general to argue against someone's sainthood. The Advocatus Diabolic had to be present for any part of the sainthood process to be sanctioned by the church. Number two, James McNeil Whistler's most famous painting was never supposed to happen. Whistler, an American living in London, had been commissioned to paint Maggie Graham, a 15-year-old daughter of a member of Parliament, but the teen was a no-show for the 1871 portrait session, later saying she did not have the patience to sit still in a chair for hours. Whistler's mom lived with him at the time, so she was called in as a substitute. The painting was not well-received at first before in time becoming iconic. The artist titled the work Arrangement in Gray and Black Number 1, but it soon became known by the public's nickname for it, Whistler's Mother. Nice. Number 1. Samuel Langhorne Clemens, better known to the world as Mark Twain, held three patents in his lifetime. He invented a history trivia book about European monarchs, a self-pasting scrapbook, and what he called an adjustable, detachable strap for garments designed to replace suspenders, which he hated. The inventor had died and his patent long expired when it was utilized years later as the technology still used to this day to fasten the straps of a brassiere. That's right. Mark Twain invented the bra clasp. <laughs> now that that's a good one. That that yeah. one's interesting. You lost me on Whistler's though. I'll t- I I don't know Whistler's mother. You don't know that painting? No. Do you know Whistler's mom? I know Whistler. I know the painting. <laughs> it's it's uh it's very very famous. I would not have known the artist actually. Truth be known. Yeah. Let's get to hard knocks. Okay. Hey, Coach. Sorry I'm late. That's okay. Another season. Ready? Are you ready for this? I'm ready, but uh, you're not the only one late. I'm, uh, I'm standing on an empty field here along with you. I got a clipboard in my hand. I got a whistle around my neck. Why are you, tell- why are you telling me what you're wearing and what you're holding? I mean, all because, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But all... All I'm doing right now is missing the 75 star players I invited to the Greg's Lobos Combine. I'm shocked. Do we have the date wrong? Wasn't it today? We got to have a it's, couple show up. Uh, but the, uh, at this point, a couple showing up would be embarrassing. I sent out certified letters to the 75 players that, that were on my watch list to draft. Is that James it's, Connor? Oh, nope. That guy just works for the park. <laughs> James Conner did not make my 75. Um, sorry, James. Jimmy, nothing personal. Um, but there's a lesson here, okay? And this is what I'm going to tell my team when I meet them for the first time. We are humiliated today, and that's a place where the Lobos seldom are. We are the 2021 PFPI Fantasy Champions. We are the 2022 Runners-Up. We are the Amped America's most famous fantasy football team, AMFFFT. Hmm. It's a little confusing. Okay. And so, you know what we do when we're down? And we are down, going 0 for 75 on a combine. You know what Lobos do when they're down? They get up. And here's why. We take a lesson from nature. The oyster becomes a pearl. 
a lump of coal becomes a diamond. Huh? From the ashes rises the phoenix bird. And here come the lobos rising from the ashes, from humiliation, from an 0 for 75 turnout at our combine. We rise. You and I are Gurdon. Damn right we are. We're the only ones here. Why don't you work out for me? Run run a 40. Hut, hut. Give me something to do here. Hut, hut. Hut, hut. <laughs> Whistle. Tweet. Okay. You just ran a 6.8. That's not very good. You're starting off on the offensive line. I guess we'll go draft a team, coach. Let's do it. All right, the Lobos. Go, Lobos. Go, boys. Go, bows. What? <laughs> we- go, boys. Go, boys. It's Lobo season, man. We are so excited. We had our big draft Sunday. Oh, my God. Anyway, thanks, podcast family, as always, for joining us. Um, uh, mad respect to repeat myself for Jimmy Buffett. R.I.P. Uh, big factor in my life. We'll miss you, Jimmy. Music lives on and always will. Uh, see you all next week. It's been a lovely cruise. Yeah, Jimmy. Love you. I'm sorry it's ending.